Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Bible, grab your Bible and I want you to follow with me. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation today and there's going to be two or three scriptures out of the Passion Translation this morning. Why? Because we're speaking about love. The passionate thing in the kingdom of God. Now, now uh, you can follow. All the scripture will be on the screen as you follow me this morning. Now, I want to pray before I start this morning. Is it ready? Uh, is it okay? So, um, just maybe put your hand on your heart. And let's trust God that He opens the scriptures to us this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we want to commit this word to you. Father, may it not be about Henny standing here and speaking to, to so many people. But Lord, may it be all about you. Father, it's like Paul said, it's not about my wise words of preaching and teaching, but it's about the power of the Holy Spirit that change hearts, that brings people to repentance, that brings people closer to God. Father, I pray that this morning for us, that Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So yes, welcome this morning again. We are in week three, last week of our sermon series called Some Things Are Made to Last. Now, I hope all of you followed this series. If you missed some of it, all of that is on YouTube or, or on our Facebook page. You can go back and, and watch the sermons. Um, all are, is still on there. Um, but we've got a YouTube channel. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, go to KLC Stellenbosch at, at YouTube. Um, you'll see all our devotions from lockdown. All our videos that we've posted for so long, it is all on there. Um, also, every sermon that we've live streamed is on there. If you missed it, you can go and check it out and not miss anything. And um, so I hope you, you followed this sermon series as we've gone through it. Um, now, through this series, we've based this sermon series on what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. Now, um, it says the following in New Living Translation. It says, three things will last forever. Three things. Faith, hope, and love. And then he says, and the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these. Now week one, we've looked at faith. We've looked at faith. And the essence of our sermon was not to let the reality of the world and the issues and the problems become bigger than the power of your faith. And how much power does faith have in your life? Then week two, we spoke about hope. And I love that sermon. I love hope. I love speaking about hope. Now we spoke about hope and we looked at two powerful ladies. It was Women's Day. And we spoke about two powerful women who, who restored hope in their lives and in their spheres of influence through joy and through courage. And that, that God has given us joy to restore hope. He's given us courage to restore hope around us. <clears throat> now this morning, our topic is love. It's the third of the three. Now, most people will probably say, wow, Eni, there's so much to say about love. And yes, there is. And, and, and I can say a lot about love. But my question always is, from what perspective do we speak about love? From what perspective do you think about love? From what perspective do you experience love? I know we had a sermon series called Perspective in the last couple of weeks, and, and it's amazing. But it, it surely you need to make sure from what perspective you speak about love or you experience love. You see, do we as believers really understand biblical love? 
Do we? It's a good question I ask myself so often. Do, Henny, do you understand biblical love? Do you understand what God has given us? You see, I'm talking about that love that flows from God as the source of love. That kind of love. Now Paul says something very powerful in the end of this, this love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. He speaks about three things that will last forever. He spoke about faith. Faith in the God of the universe. The God who created us. The God who will last forever. The God who loves us. Then he speaks about hope. Number two, he speaks about hope. And number two, he says that hope in what? Hope in the promises, that perfect and, and incredible promises that the word is so full of. Isn't that amazing? But then love, he speaks about the third thing, love. Something that is the greatest of the three. Isn't that awesome? The greatest of the three. <laughs> now, let me give you a quick backdrop on the book. A quick backdrop on from what perspective did Paul actually wrote this letter? Now, this was a letter that Paul wrote to the church and the Christians in Corinth. And, and at that time in, 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 the, in history, the church was surrounded, and the people, the believers, were surrounded with, by, by so much corruption and really offensive sin. Really offensive sin. That's quite amazing. Now, because of, of this strong nature of this culture of, of corruption and sin, many believers started falling under this they started they started um, shifting and adapting to the sinful culture and they started mixing the sinful culture with the christian culture they started compromising on what paul taught them now see as many of them compromised they they just said listen the reason why i'm compromising is because i'm free i'm free in god sorry let me just change my there we go. That's maybe better. <laughs> hey, I love having a director behind the computer there. She helps me a lot. Now, so many of the people compromised and they used the reason. They said, listen, I'm free in God. I can fit into any culture. But Paul said, no, no, it's not true. Because the culture is actually having an effect on you. Now, this is what Paul said. Paul brought, Paul came in with his letter to bring correction. He came in with his letter to bring correction to, and, and he used a wide variety of topics. He spoke about, among them, he spoke about incest, incest among believers. He spoke about um, believers having lawsuits against each other. He spoke about um, believers behaving badly in church services and in church meetings. But then probably worst of all, he spoke about believers who abused their spiritual gifts for their personal gain. Now that is quite a serious thing. And Paul spoke really straight up against that. See the most important thing that Paul said throughout this letter. The most important thing. He said believers should be shaped by Christ. And not by the world around them. I want you to, to, to make a note of that. And remember that. He said the most important thing of this letter of, to the Corinthians. He said believers should be shaped by God shaped by Christ rather than the world around them now this first letter of Paul to the Corinthians church is so applicable to us individually and as a church today more than ever before now why do I say that 
It's because when you look at South Africa at this moment, there is more, we struggle with more corruption than ever before. We struggle with more offensive sin than ever before in our country. You see, and so many people, believers included, are being pulled into this culture where everyone is seeking their own spotlight. Where everyone is seeking that convenient place for myself. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I, they're focusing on themselves. Themself. And I've walked into so many churches and so many spiritual conversations, so many ungodly conversations, where people idolize spiritual gifts more than the one who gave the gift. Have you, have you recognized that? People are so hoo-ha about the gifting. Oh, we've got prophets so-and-so coming here. And it's amazing when they come. But sometimes we idolize the gift more than the God. More than the God who gives the gift. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. And don't understand me wrong. I love spiritual gifts. <laughs> I love it. I love functioning in spiritual gifts. I love it when, when, when somebody flows in a gift that God has given him. Like a worship team or worship leaders or somebody who's got faith or somebody who's, who's got truly a heart to serve others. Somebody who can prophesy, who can pray for sick. I love when we function in the gifts. <coughs> now let me just have a, a sip of water. Now Paul, Paul actually starts in a previous chapter. Before he gets to 1 Corinthians 13, he says something about spiritual gift in 1 Corinthians 12. Now let's read it quickly. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 7, in the New Living Translation, he says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. Different kinds. But the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Then he says, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Then he says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. See, he says, spiritual gifts are amazing, but there is a source from where the spiritual gifts flow. And if you only flow in the spiritual gift and, and don't get the source that the spiritual gift is supposed to flow from, you're missing so much. He says, Paul also says that every born again spiritual believer have been given gifts. And the gifts are there whether we realize it or not. Yes, you have spiritual gifts. If you don't realize, didn't realize that before. Maybe it doesn't feel like it. Maybe if, yes, you have spiritual gifts. But it's not a matter of asking God to give us. It's rather discovering that gifts in your life that you already have. You see, gifts has been given to us by the Holy Spirit so that we can be a blessing to others. That we can be a blessing on a daily basis to others. Now, I don't want to go into spiritual gifts this morning. I just want to use it as, a, as, a, as, a, as an example today. You see, I only want to refer to them as one of the things that distracts us believers from what the most important part of being a Christian is. See, it's so close. It feels so amazing. And it is so important. Please don't understand me wrong. I love spiritual gifts. I think it's one of the most important things for the church to have and for the believers to run in. But if it becomes a distraction, we miss the source of the gift. 
that I'm going to get to now. Listen to how Paul ends with 1 Corinthians 12. He says the following. Verse 31, he says, So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Earnestly desire. He says, don't worry. I mean, you need to desire those gifts. But then he says, but now, let me show you a way of life that is best of all. <laughs> he, says, he says, friends, you need to earnestly desire the spiritual gift. But let me show you a way of living that is much better than any gift you will ever receive. And then Paul starts with 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. L listen to this. He says, if I could speak to, he says, let me show you this best, amazing way of life. Verse 1 and 1 Corinthians 13 says, if you could speak any language on earth um, and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noising gong or a clanging cymbal. He says, you can be the most amazing linguist in the world. You can have the amazing gifts in the world. But if you don't have it from a source of love, you are worth nothing. Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. You see, so many people in the past have interpreted these two chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, actually 14 as well, interpret that by saying that we, don't, we, should, we should know about the spiritual gifts, but rather just walk in love. Love is the more, more important thing. Because that's what the scripture says. But that's not what Paul said at all. Paul was saying that walking in love is more excellent than walking in the spiritual gifts, of the, or the gift of the Spirit. He was saying that using the gifts motivated by love for all the members of the bodies is superior to using the gifts for selfish reasons. He says use the gifts, desire the gifts. It's amazing, but make sure it comes from love. Make sure it is there to bless others, to love others. Now if you look at chapter 13 and 14, Paul came and he actually sandwiched love in between all the gifts. Go and read it. He sandwiched it in. He made sure that we understand the use of love by the gifts. Or use the gifts by love. <laughs> now as believers we should desire the gift of the Spirit to bless each other. But we need to make sure that we have the core principle set in our hearts so that our foundation from which we use the gifts is pure. We always need to make sure when you start using the gifts without a pure foundation or a pure um, um, uh, way, then you will see something that, is, that, that will hurt people. Now, what is this foundation? This foundation is love. And what kind of love isn't the important kind? Because there's so many kinds. There's the worldly love. And, and then biblical love, there's actually a couple of. There's kairos. And, and there's, um, um, there's so much. But, but I want to speak about this morning. Is I want to speak about agape love. I want to speak about agape love. And, and, and that's the kind of love Paul wrote about here. Now listen to 1 John 4. Verse 7 to 10. And then I'm going to read verse 16 as well. And listen to what he says about love. And he's speaking about agape love. I'll tell you now what agape love means. It says the following, verse 7. Those who are loved by God. And I'm sorry, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's blown up a bit and it's, it's been, well, it's with passion. <laughs> I'd rather say it like that. Verse 7, it says, those who are loved by God. 
let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. He says, everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God for God is love. Then he says, the light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. And then he says, this is love. And he's going to explain. He says, love, uh, sorry, he loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be pleasing to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away all sins. Isn't that amazing? Paul says, this is love. Let me explain to you. The love is, the definition of, my, definition of love is, is that he loved us long before we even loved him. That is love. Before we, while we were still sinners, he loved us. While we were still messing up, he loved us. While we were, were, were didn't even know about God, he loved us. And that is true agape love. Now, listen to verse 16. 1 John 4, verse 16, it says, We have come into this intimate experience. Remember that. We have come into this intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love He has for us. God is love. Those who are living, living in love are living in God. And God lives through them. Now He didn't say God, God lives in them. He, he says God lives through us. Through us. See, see, God loves you. He, loves, he lives in you, but He lives through you. And that's His, that's his love flows through us to others. Now, agape, agape, agape love means, it means the God kind of love. The highest kind of love that we find is agape love. Now, agape is seeking the welfare of others, even if there's no affection felt. Did you know that? Even if there's no affection felt, maybe you don't feel like loving people, but you still love them. You still reach out to them. You still bless them. See, agape does not come from our feelings. It does not come from our feelings. It comes from a much deeper side in our spirit. Now, Jesus displayed agape kind of love when, he, when, when um, love by going to the cross and dying, even though he didn't feel like dying on the cross. Remember, he said in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, May this cup pass me. May you take away this cup for you, but rather your will be done than my will, Father. Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. He was sweating blood, but yet he had agape love that says, I care more about all these people who's going to go to hell than me not want to go and die. You see, that's a kind of agape love with a deeper infection than any feeling can ever give us. See, Jesus loved all of mankind even while they spit on him, even while they kicked him, even while they cursed him, even while they crucified him. He still loved them. He still loved us. He had us in mind while hanging on that cross. And the foundation of that, that deed was all love, agape love. You see, so many of us are still wanting for that feeling, we're still waiting for that feeling before we show love. Come on, let's be honest. I'm waiting for that feeling before I show love to others. But true agape love is a love that is much deeper than any feeling. 
Because it comes from our spirit. It comes from a deeper side of only God can give. Why? Because God is spirit and he speaks to our spirit. He deposits his love into our spirit and therefore we start loving without really understanding it. Now there's a story, as a clip that, that I saw actually yesterday while I was preparing this sermon. Somebody sent me this clip and I'm going to share this on our Facebook page and just, um, I want you to go and watch it because it is so amazing. It is such an amazing clip. Now it's about this man who every Christmas he gives away, I don't know how many thousands of dollars, but he gives away $100 bills in America. And they call him the secret Santa. They never show his face. They always show him from behind if, the, if there's cameras. And he goes around to, to, um, to the streets, to public places, in shops, everywhere. And he just walks up to random strangers and gives them a $100 bill. Just give it to them. And how I love the emotions of people crying. And it's like, I couldn't buy Christmas presents for my kids. And now I can. And, and how, but, but this time around, he did something different. He went to a homeless man on the street. And he said, listen, I want you to help me. I'm, see, I'm, a, I'm doing the secret Santa thing. And, and I'm going to give you $3,000 in $100 bill notes. And I want you to stand here and beg. And as people come by, those who give something to you, I want you to give in return a $100 bill. And then let's, let's see what, what, what happens. A, a note. Yeah. So, so what happened is he started giving these $100 notes away as people come by and they give it to him. And there's so many people who walk by, didn't even look at him. And as the, this, I can remember there's one guy who put a few cents in his bucket and he turned around and said, listen, wait, wait. And he gave him $100 and the guy started crying. And he said, I was walking past here, didn't know how I'm going to afford Christmas presents for my kids. And when I gave something, you gave me $100. Now, <laughs> I, I just love that. You see, afterwards, after all this amazing day that he had, I, I'm going to share the video. After this amazing day, this rich guy gave him a reward. He gave him also a big amount of money. And, and he said, thank you for helping me. We want to give something to you. And this, is, this was his reply. He said, this is pale in return of what I just received while I gave away. This was nothing. This money that you gave me, it was nothing that I could compare to what I just received while I gave away. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful example of how Christ was. Where he just gave away. Every time we seek him, he gives us more than we have ever given him. Whenever we give to him, he gives us more than we can ever think or, or, or imagine. Such a lovely, um, lovely example. Listen to 1 John 3. 1 John 3 verse 18 to 19. Also in the Passion Translation, it says the following. Beloved children, our love, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about. <laughs> but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrated love in action. Which will, which will reassure our hearts in His presence. Isn't that amazing? He says, listen, you need to wake up. It says that love can't be an extra abstract theory we only talk about. It needs to be a life demonstrated things. Isn't that amazing? Now when God loves, when, when God's love are at work within us, 
We are constantly will look for ways to bless others around us. Now, I'm not saying you need to give all your money away and walk with a hundred dollar bills in your pocket. No, no. I'm saying sometimes giving someone a hug, giving someone an encouraging moment, giving someone way at the, at the checkers line to, to pay his bills before you. Or, or just start up a conversation and encourage someone who looks down. And sometimes we just need to listen to God's voice. Just listen to his voice. I read a story this week of a, of a, um, a guy who, a preacher, actually a pastor, who had to go to a city to preach. And he, as he was um, coming to the airport, his, his Uber dropped him off and he was going to the line. And he realized, oh, I don't have my passport with me. And he didn't know what to do. He called his wife and his wife, wife raced home, got his passport and raced to the airport. And she got there. Um, gave him his passport and, and as he gave it to him his flight literally took off and he missed it and he was so discouraged and, and as they were walking back to the car they, he saw a man standing at the door and he looked very distorted and he didn't look happy and, and in that moment God spoke to him and said won't you go over and encourage that man and he thought no Lord I'm, I don't want to do this and he said, so funny, he said he made the mistake of telling his wife about it. <laughs> and she was excited. She's like, man, it's the first time this happened to me. Let's go and pray for him. And he said, no, let's just walk past him and see what happens. And they walked past him once and then they walked past him twice. And then after about the fifth or the sixth time, he walked over to the man and said, listen, we are crazy people. I mean, God spoke to me about that. I need to come over here and, and you need some encouragement. And as he said that, he, the man started crying and he said you know what I'm a new minister that that came over from from this city to this city to take over a new church I just came with whatever I have and I'm waiting for the elders to come and pick me up and I was just asking God for Lord will you give me some encouragement before these men come because this is a big ordeal I'm going into and in that moment I realized that sometimes we just need to listen to God's voice we just need to listen to, to be a blessing to others in our lives. Around us, there's so many people that want more of God. Now, it's all about the love of Christ for us. It's all about the love of Christ for us and what we can give to others. See, God doesn't hold record of what we do for Him because He has already done everything for us. Now, I've always asked a question. I've always asked this question. I said, Lord, I want to do great things for you. Have you ever asked that? Lord, I want to do great things for you. And then every time God says, Henny, love others. I said, no, 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 Lord, you don't understand. I want to do big miracles. I want to touch thousands through our ministry. I want to do this and this. And then God interrupts and said, Henny, love others. You see, love is the essence of life. It's the essence of our relationship with God. When Jesus, when Jesus did miracles, listen to, go and, go and look at the scriptures. Every time before Jesus did a miracle, the word says, and he had compassion on them and he healed them. It was love that led him to every gift and miracle that he flowed in. Love was the foundation. And so much, we want to do great things for God. And God says, just love me. Just love others. Just make love the foundation of everything. 
Now 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 says, The greatest of the three is love. Now see, love is the essence of our Christian faith. It is the, the, the central core part of what we do and what we believe. It's the language we need to speak every day. But so many of us get stuck at this one point, at this one place. Let me explain. Now I've used this analogy or this in, in, in one or two weddings that I've done. And as I was preparing this sermon, God reminded me of this and He opened something new to me in terms of our relationship with Him. I'm going to speak about a relationship between a man and a wife as they, as they get married. But, but in Afrikaans and English language, we only have one word to describe feelings for each other. And that is love. Love. But when you go to the Hebrew language, the Hebrew language actually have three words to describe the one word that we know as love. They, they use three words to describe love. Now let me give it quickly to you. Number one is raya. Raya, the, the, the Hebrew word raya. That means, um, uh, it means that in a relationship, the, the word is describing the in love, that puppy love moment. Oh, I'm so in love with you. I met this person. I can't think of anything else. It's so amazing. My head's going one way, my body, I, I mean, just amazing. I mean, I just in love. Then the second word they use is achava. Achava. And achava describes the kind of love that is much more than romantic feelings. Much deeper. Much deeper. It's not puppy love. But it is a heart that is full of devotion and a pursuit for your lover. Full of devotion. There's a pursuit. I want to pursue you beyond in love. See, it shows a heart full of devotion. It thinks of nothing else. And this is, achava is the thing in love that makes it last. It makes it last. We all know that in love doesn't last forever. But it goes to Achava which says, I want to pursue you. I want to pursue you more. And that makes love last. And then the third word they use is dote. And dote is the intimate part of any relationship. The intimate part. Now when we look at these three words in terms of our relationship with God, listen to them. Listen to how it differs. Well, it's not different, but listen, listen to this. When we meet God, you have the salvation moment. Lord, I just met you. You come to Raya. He says, I just met Jesus. I'm in cloud nine. I just had salvation. I can't wait for church. I can't wait to read my Bible. I listen to every worship song I can get to. I listen to sermons. I mean, I, I don't miss any church event. I mean, I, I just, it's just amazing. I am on a Christian and a spiritual high. It's so amazing. But then you come to Achava. And when you come down from that salvation high, you come down from cloud nine and thing comes back to normal and you get used to coming to church and get used to that spiritual faith walk, then what? Then we need to set routines. That's what Achava is. Then you need to get discipled. You need to get foundations in your life to make this love last for God. It's so important, the Achava. And then we get to Dote. Dote is the more we get to know God, the more we get these words to the word to saturate our life, the deeper the intimacy with God becomes. And the more the love of the Father becomes, or the more the love of the Father starts flowing out of your life because it comes from a place of intimacy and love from Him. Now, when this feeling and excitement, sorry, 
then when the feeling and excitement go so go go away i mean this when when you have the raya and you met god and so amazing when that feeling stop because in love is a feeling that stops <laughs> somewhere along the line that honeymoon phase it stops when that stop people stop pursuing god and they backslide if you can use that word i don't i don't believe in backsliding because we always stay where god has us but because god and his kingdom advance it feels like you are backsliding but you you stay now so many people have this amazing encounter with god in a place of salvation and and because they they stop at raya and they never go to Ahava where they pursue God, where they seek that devotion, where they put in that discipline, where they seek people to, to disciple them. They stay in one place of raya. And that's why people over and over and over want to get, I want to get born again, again, and again. I want to be, I, I sin, so I need to get born again, again. That's because they've never come to a place where they are discipled to be taken to that place of pursuing God going deeper and cementing that love foundation in their lives see it is it is an intentional everyday choice an everyday choice to to dive into a discipleship relationship get people around you to can help you grow in your relationship with god it is there in that times where we we sometimes won't feel like it <laughs> we don't i mean this, I'm, I'm a pastor and there's some days that I don't feel like coming to church. I was like, ah, can I just go on holiday? Come on, I'm just, I'm just honest. But why? Because we love people. We love people. We love our church. We love our town. We love what God is doing. I don't care about my feelings some days. I was like, man, feelings, shut up. Because <laughs> there's something deep in my heart that is doing what God has called me to do. Now, as we mature, when we come into this place where we pursue God, when we are disciples, when we grow in our, in our relationship with the Father, when we come to a place of maturity, in that place of maturity, we realize we crave more intimacy. And we come to that dote moment of God. And, and in, that, in that intimacy moment, we love to intentionally pursue Him for more you remember 1 john 4 verse 16 1 john 4 verse 16 let's go back quickly it says we have come into intimate experience with god's love you see when we come to that intimate experience with god's love it's exactly what god wants us he wants us at that intimate place where love becomes such a solid foundation in our lives that that everything we are and everything we do flows from that foundation. When God gives you the gifting that He gives you, that it will flows, flow from the place of love in your heart and in your spirit. Now it is in that dote moments where we truly find God's heart for His creation. And that is love. In that intimate moments with the Father, where you shut down or shut your doors close the blinds put on worship music and just lie on the couch or on your knees and just find god in that moment of intimacy where you experience the love that gives you foundation that you know that 
That is who God is. He loves us. Now see, Christ didn't die for us so that we can only, only live for Him on Sundays. <laughs> Did you know that? He didn't die for us so we only can live for Him on Sundays. No, no. Jesus died for us so that we can become imitators of Him daily. Imitators of Him. Like Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now to walk in love every day is to imitate Jesus every day. To walk in love. So let's finish with a question. Let's finish with a question. Why did Paul say the greatest of the three is love? Why did he do that? Now, let's look at it from this perspective as I close. At the end of time, when Jesus comes back and we, we live forever with him in the new heaven, at the end times, faith will see. Whatever we had faith for, we will see it. We had faith in God. We had faith in it. Then we will see God. doesn't mean faith will go away. But we will see what we had faith for. When Jesus comes back, our hope will turn into experience. Whatever we hoped for, every promise of God, we will experience fully. But hope will always be there. But love, love alone is fully eternal. It's fully eternal. Why? Because God is love. God is love. And love is the pursuit from God's heart. And that is His character. That is His character. That is His character and His love for us. Now, I want to end this morning by reading 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 7. We all know that, the love chapter. We all use it in weddings. We use it. But I want to take the word love and replace it with Jesus. Or he. Now let's go for it. He says, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 7, a New Living Translation. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. He does not demand his own way. He is not irritable and he keeps no record of being wronged. Jesus does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoice whenever the truth wins out. Jesus never gives up. He never loses faith. He's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. You see, reading it like that, doesn't it change our perspective that God is love? When Jesus died on the cross, He said, He is patient, He is kind, He's not jealous, He's not boastful. He doesn't demand His only. I mean, he, that is who God is. That is who He is. And when you have an intimate relationship with the Father, it will be the one of the three that will last forever because He will always be part of us and who we are. I want to encourage us today. I want to encourage you today that to make love your number one motivation for serving Christ. I mean, there's so many Christians all over the world that serve Christ because they don't want to go to hell. That's the only motivation. I don't want to go to hell, so I'll rather serve God. But see, it can't be our only motivation. To know God, to have intimacy with Him, is to love Him and to have that love part of you. So what is John 17 verse 3? It says, the everlasting life is to know God and the only, the only true God. Why? Because when we know Him, we have intimacy with Him. And when we have intimacy with Him, we truly understand the love of the Father for us. 
our number one thing we pursue may love be the number one we pursue when we see God may that be the number one thing in your heart today on, on your mind this week and I believe when you trust God to seek him for 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 the love of him for him loving us before we even love them I think the outcome will be profound in your life whenever we seek God just to love him and I want to encourage you this more that this week when you go and have devotions take your Bible sit with the Bible and said father show me how to love you show me how your love can impact my life so that I can impact others and if you do that, I believe, I promise you, it will be profound. It will be profound. I want to pray with us this, this morning. I want to trust God with you. That maybe you're in a place in your life where you don't experience love at the moment. You don't experience the love of the Father. You don't experience the love of people around you. you there's just a lack of love in your life. I believe God is going to restore that today today and that when his love come and penetrate your heart and just take over your your life you can't be the same you can't be the same you can have a, a, a intense desire to bless others because the love of God is so intense let's pray together this morning father I pray I want to encourage you to take hands put your hand on your heart and just trust God that he will he will answer your prayer right now. Father, we pray this morning. I pray that you know every heart, Father. You know every person who's listening to this, this live stream, Father. You know everyone who, who has got a, a strong desire to experience your love. And Father, I pray that, that you will touch them right now in the deepest parts of their hearts through your love. Father, I pray that you will show your love to us every day so that we can show your love to others every day father it's not about what we do for you but it's about what you've already done and that all remains and will remain forever is your love for us father i pray this morning i pray that you will restore the place of love in our hearts that we will not get stuck at Raya, but we will move over to Achava and end up at Dote, where we have an intimate relationship with, with you, Father. I pray that you will ignite the intimacy in our lives with you, Father. And that we will not get stuck at the rushing um, of every week and the, our job situations and our business and our finances and our kids and our family and all these things that takes our attention and distracts us from the true intimacy we can have with you father i pray that that you will help us to to rest in you no matter how busy we are that we will rest in a place where we know that you love us thank you father for speaking to us today thank you father for being a blessing and that your love will never end it will be some of those, one of those things that will last forever. It is made to last up until eternity. Love will stand. So Father, I pray that we, you will help us to show your love to others. In every way that you show us to. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. 
For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.